Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I am rejoined by Katie Sanchez. Katie, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. It's me and my dog, Rally, uh, ready for the the interview and the hard-hitting questions. Was he in ready? Because he turned the TV on earlier. He's like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to watch me some, some, some programs tonight <laughs> while you do your thing. Yeah, he's fast-forwarding through Real Housewives shows for me. <sighs> do you watch Cobra Kai at all? Just curious. Uh, no, I watch Bravo reality shows. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, um, Cobra Kai is great. You should watch it, but uh, it's just me, I guess. But anyway, I was just thinking about TV shows and what's actually on now. But um, I guess first of all, like kind of like a belated welcome back. Um, it's what? Thank you. We're three, four weeks, almost a month from, no, not, not that much. Like maybe three weeks from from worlds so um it's fair to say you you've adjusted by now right i'm pretty sure things are things are back to normal for you uh yeah it's been three weeks since i've been back so i'm uh well i i jumped back right into my routine the the tuesday after we got back because i had to i had to miss a whole lot of work to go and so i had to go straight back to work on tuesday i'm not sure if i'm still i'm not sure if i'm recovered yet so Still catching up on things. Yeah, talking to uh, Vince and Chris, they're like, yeah, we just, well, mostly on Chris's side, he had just a ton of emails waiting for him, and I just imagine just how much work piles up when you take that much time off, which was, what, like a full week for you guys? Or how, how oh, long yeah. Have? Yeah, so I'm a teacher, so I had to, like, make all of the sub plans for while I was gone, and then when I got back, had to uh, reteach everything that they didn't do. Mm. Uh, I was commiserating with uh, Alyssa on our team because she's also a teacher and uh, we were just talking about you know catching up on work and and sub plans and what the kids did and didn't do so they just roll off that uh the tv it was like movie movie days <laughs> well tried to give them real things but they don't want to do real things so yeah that's uh it's fine they'll be fine and you're you're a math teacher right i am yep yeah, I remember you yep. give me some shit every time I I dump on math with my silly memes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew it was sec- the second I sent them, I was like, Katie's going to get on me about this one. And then, like, I think within 30 seconds, I was like, oh, crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, why did I do this? Well, but- I'm like, you know, nobody <clears throat> nobody gives English teachers crap teaching you to read. But math teachers, everybody's like, oh, math, that's disgusting. Yeah, there's a there's a good <laughs> counter meme where it's like, yeah, schools did teach you how to be an adult. You just weren't paying attention. I'm like, that's probably fair. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, with love, the, love things like that. Yep. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll I'll do that one later and tag you in it. Like, this is for Katie. All right, thanks. But do your uh, so do your kids know that you you played dodgeball and you compete on the world stage and you're a two time champion and like, do they ask you about how it how it goes or like do you keep that kind of to yourself? Uh, no, I I told them why I was going. Uh, class to class, it kind of depends how they react. Um, one of my classes thought it was really cool and they asked me to bring my medal in, but I keep forgetting. Um, so maybe doing this, I'll, I'll remember to take my medal in and show them and, uh, maybe taking a dodgeball, though I'm afraid to take a dodgeball into the room because mm. you never know what teenagers will end up doing with those, but. 
you know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, if you do that. they were overall excited, and and the staff at school and the the teachers that I work with um, wanted to you know know how I was doing and keep up with everything. So it was good. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, looking back in all the reasons why my teachers were out, none of them were ever competing for anything on a world stage. So let alone competing, <laughs> there was just you know adult stuff. So I would be. Pretty impressed if I was, uh, if my math teacher was playing dodge, I probably would have paid attention in class more. And but um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, do share that with him. And then you know, if you ever do decide to be in dodgeball there, please tell me because I want to know what happens. I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> going to be a one v however many kids you have. Yeah, we used to. Uh, Sarah and I used to play. They would do like a kid tournament, and then we'd play at the end. Um, teacher, like the winning student team versus teachers, but I don't, I don't think they allow dodgeball in the district anymore. I, okay, so that's I unfortunate. To, is that because of the whole like bullying, bullying thing with dodgeball aggressive and? <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe not that specifically, but just um, all the, the injuries and potential for that kind of stuff, and and so you just you can't really do it. Okay. So, I guess it's that's much easier to swallow than, like, I, I don't know if you remember, like, back in like, maybe 2010 time frame. You know, during the days of the Grand Canyon State Games, like dodgeball was yeah. just kind of controversial because it was, you know, it was identified as bullying and and people were yeah. up in arms about it. So, but, well, um, on the off chance, uh, people don't recognize your voice or, or, or know who you are if you can just recap real quick like what are you known for and yeah go from there oh uh sure i'm I, katie sanchez and uh i play uh dodgeball in arizona uh i play with in invasion for for usa dodgeball and then uh i've been on team usa since uh 20 Seven, 2017 2017 in Canada and then in 2018 I was an alternate in LA and then 2019 in Cancun and then this year gotcha and I'm married to Tony Sanchez formerly of Team Mexico and soon to be coach of Team Mexico as I understand as he told us during the uh, charity tournament last weekend <laughs> I don't think he's got a choice I mean I I mean I hope so I I I have a lot of respect for him as a dodgeball player. And so I think, you know, if he doesn't want to play competitively at an international level, I still think he could contribute. So I would be very excited if, if he did that. So it's easy for me to say, but I know it's still there. He wants to compete. He played with us in round <laughs> one on a rolled ankle. He played with us during the charity tournament. And I, I think if it wasn't for work being an issue, he might actually accompany us to nationals, so I'm just gonna keep bugging them. Uh, <laughs> I love playing. Yeah, I, I mean, work is an issue, and and you know, like I talked off of a recording, you know, we we are getting older, and we can't run off to dodgeball tournaments at the drop of a hat anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, that's uh, actually a really good segue into the one of the questions I had for you, and um, you know, we talked about previously twenty. 
I don't know, 15 to 20, 19 was pretty much a nice, slow escalation of dodgeball, getting more and more competitive, more and serious. You had USA Dodgeball, you had World Dodgeball Federation Worlds, um, and then all of a sudden you had 2020, the pandemic, and then 2021 where, you know, I don't think anybody was playing dodgeball. Um, so with that, what was it like kind of, for lack of better words, taking dodgeball seriously again, like getting back into like, hey, this is a, something you got to condition for, you got to play more, you got to practice for, what, what was that like for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really did have to uh, decide if I wanted to get back into it at such a high level. I, I've loved the teams that I've played with lately. And um, so that's one of the, the biggest draws was being able to play with a lot of the same Team USA members that you know aren't aren't just teammates, but I consider you know really great friends, and um, and so that really kind of helped that decision. But I did have to to make a choice, and I remember being asked if I was going to try out, and um, I wasn't I wasn't quite sure. This was way before everything was announced about it, um, but yeah, I kind of had to get back into that competitive mindset um and just kind of say yeah this is this is something that i want to do again um we spent a lot of you know a lot of the time you know getting into other activities my my job roles changed um you know started playing more slow pitch softball because it was outdoors so uh yeah and so then i i was just like yeah i'll 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 do it. So nice. And then I and then I had to get in shape to do it, and that was probably the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I figured the the hard part would just be the mental, like I got to get back into this again. Um, and that's how I felt coming back from deployment. I was just I, I was literally on the verge of just eh. I've been I've gone this long without dodgeball. I can move on to other things and you know avoid playing with all these young kids and and getting ri- uh, injured <laughs> and then. Joe Fernandez pulls me to round one and um, you know, I show up all haggard and scraggly and but mm-hmm. it was it was playing with Tony and Chad and Ty. I'm like, crap, I'm I'm very slowly missing this and wanting to to come back to it fully now. So I can't imagine committing on your level where it's like did it ever feel like it like not like a job, like just more of an obligation or responsibility because you're you know, you're you're going against the best, so um I'm- it it doesn't feel like a job to me because I enjoy it. Like I I enjoy playing. I enjoy working out. I I like being a part of the team. Like that's you know that's why I still love playing sports so much is because I'm a very I like to think that I'm a very team oriented person and I like working with people. Um, but I I'm gonna bring up my age probably twenty times during this interview, but. You know, I'm my body is two to three years older, and I think my biggest concern was: is my body going to respond to the training, and am I going to be able to play at a at a high enough level again? Because you know, the day is coming sooner rather than later when when I won't be able to. So, I'm pulling up your what do you do after dodgeball question. 
And ironically enough, this was episode 29 of 2019 season. And this is going to be episode 29 of this season. So that's weird how that happened. <laughs> totally not planned. Because um, did I ask what are you going to do after dodgeball? Um, or I don't think I was asking those questions back then. So maybe I'll say that towards the end then. Because I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I mean, in in 2020 after dodgeball, like I've you know now I'm I'm coaching golf at my high school and I'm going to be the varsity basketball coach this year, so I'll still be involved in in sports and I would hope I'd be involved somehow in dodgeball, but I don't I don't know what that role would be once I'm done playing. So we had uh we had talked about you maybe looking at being a coach. Do you remember that? Is that still something you'd consider if coaching became the next element of what makes a, a what differentiates a team now versus a, you know, a, a truly competitive team? Yeah, I think, I think I'd be interested in the, in the coaching aspect. I, I'd have to figure out how comfortable I'd be in that role. So I don't know. Gotcha. But you'd have some, you try to have some kind of role or some attachment to dodgeball if possible. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, being such a big part of my life, I, I don't know how I'd leave it completely or, or I don't know, maybe it'd be better that way. Who knows? It's like always... breaking up with somebody. Do you stay friends or do you cut ties? The way I was going, I was like going to cut ties. I'm like, oh, I've got a podcast, got this <laughs> company I started. How do I, how do I get out of this? But it stuck me back yeah. in. So, um, probably just, I'll probably find another old person sport. Tony and I have been golfing a lot. So that's so funny. I'm thinking about golf too. My time. Or, you know, we could always just do like a, a 35 and up dodgeball league, the senior league or silver league. I know that's been joked around a few times by some of the older players, but, um, that could be a thing maybe. Yeah. If, it, if the joints will allow, we'll see. <clears throat> Um, just all sitting on the ground, rolling a dodgeball back and forth. Just like when we're toddlers. Yeah. Um, so like, let's, let's walk back to when you made the decision to, to compete again. Yeah. What, what, uh, you know, I, I don't I guess we don't have to go like day one. What was your entire uh, repertoire of, of things, but what did, what did you do diff- or not different? What did you do to prepare to, to transition from, you know, I guess teacher to competitor again? So uh, one of the fortunate things is uh, Brenda Kramer um, is a personal trainer. And so she was putting together workout programs for us. And so, so I, I follow those pretty diligently. Um, I ran into a roadblock. I I got like, I got COVID early July. So that kind of um, made going to the gym a little impossible um, for a couple weeks. Uh, but other than that, you know, I was, I was doing her workouts. I would, um, go and throw in the gym, just kind of working on target practice, um, and, uh, keeping up my arm strength. And then, uh, here at least I, uh, started going to the Sunday practices, uh, begrudgingly at first, I am the first to admit that I, I enjoy playing dodgeball, but I don't necessarily like practicing. Um, but going going and playing on Sundays and getting that that extra practice time in with um, 
Cam and uh, Ketchum and all the other competitive players here uh, really, really helped. So um, in addition to, you know, playing, playing on Tuesday nights. So. Gotcha. Eventually I'll go to one of those Sunday practices. They're still going for in preparation of <laughs> premier and, um, and I think maybe FTC maybe, but yeah, that's, that's cool seeing that. Cause I, I remember I did have some of those towards the beginning of 2021 before I had to go. So but yeah, practice for dodgeball is kind of a, it's like, no, I do this for fun. I don't actually want to make this unfun. So I get right. that. Um, uh, but then I, I go to practice and after practice, I, at the end, I'm like, oh, I, I do play better when I practice and I, you know, I intentionally put these drills into action and that kind of stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, fine. It's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> fine after all. Yeah. Um, having gone through worlds, um, looking back, is there anything that you would have maybe done differently just to, to better train or better prepare? Um, like was the altitude, was that an impact? Was that a thing? Uh, just things like that, that you could, if you can have a do over. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess my answer would just be train more. <laughs> um, maybe more specific to the different teams that we were going to play. Um, I don't know, just kind of refining all of those, those kind of, um, what am I trying to say? Different, you know, moves and stuff that you want to add into your, add into your game. I wish I had maybe worked on being a little bit more dynamic of a, of a player sometimes. So. Gotcha. Yeah. And the only reason why I'm asking I that. Know, I don't know if that really makes sense. Uh, it kind of does based on what we talked offline. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I think uh, I'll say asset just because on the off chance, someone's thinking about making or going for team USA, obviously a couple years from now, just kind of like a good takeaway or um, I don't know if I'll cut these questions and add them into like a, a preparation for 2024 dodgeball preparation, but you know, we'll see. Definitely have a lot of intentions with some of these, uh, episodes but um going to yeah, the actual... I mean okay. I guess um I'm sorry I'm interrupting you I guess like uh as we were playing in the tournament I you know I'm an old school 8.5 player you know who's been playing a really long time and that style of dodgeball is very different than how uh dodgeball is now and worlds is now and so even as I'm playing I have to like I have to remind myself that I I need to um, change change my style of play, and I have to incorporate those things, or else I'm not going to be a successful dodgeball player anymore. Are you? Uh, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Like, what's what's different? Because when I when I think of eight point five, it's very very linear, a little more rigid. I think foam. Yeah, it's a it's a very brutal, straightforward. You know, throw one ball two balls and in in foam there's a lot more movement and exchanges um dodging and getting out of the way is really important being able to jump and then dodge to the ground and you have to be you know you have to be able to connect two or three of those moves 
um, all in all into one. So you dodge that first throw by diving to the ground. You got to be ready to jump up in the next, you know, half half second, quarter of a second to to dodge the next play. And you have to be ready to move a lot faster between uh, all of the action. And that's just not how dodgeball used to be. It would be, okay, this team's going to come up to the line and throw. And then the whole thing resets. And then now it's this team's turn. And that's just not quite the same style. And so, you know, I'm a bigger non-mobile dodgeball player at times. And so I have to be like, I have to tell my body, hey, dive to the ground on this go flat, jump, move side to side. And I just have to be more aware of those things. It doesn't, doesn't come naturally. I'm realizing I have a similar problem because like when I'm trying to block with the foam ball, muscle memories tell me, oh, this is 8.5. It's much bigger. And then I'll get uh-huh. chipped in the shoulder. I'm like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> should, should probably stop doing that someday. <laughs> Maybe it's not the dodgeball style, it's the age, and I just have to try a lot harder now, and that's a little annoying, too. Yeah, I mean, could be both, but <laughs> I like uh, I do like what you say, though, because you've been playing since, what, 2008, 2009? Uh, 2009. Yeah. I remember coming up from Tucson, playing against Phoenix, you guys, and we, I would equate it to like revolutionary warfare or like, okay, you fire. Okay. Our turn. Okay. Now you fire. Okay. Our turn. And then uh-huh. when you're down to like some odd number of four V two or four V three, then the game actually begins. And I remember being so frustrated with that. I'm like, this is dumb. Like, why is everybody so slow? Stop taking your time. And you guys would beat us obviously. So we'd have to finally adjust and slow down. So it's kind of like unlearning all those, all that mentality. It's, it's probably still there. So that's, I'm glad you actually kind of expand on that too, because that's definitely one one thing I um, like to talk more about is just like the difference between 8.5 and foam and how the sport's still evolving. But yeah, um, we can get into like the, the actual event. So um, yeah, sure. A couple of questions I want to jump into. So what was it? I mean, what was it like, like coming back? Um, what three years later? Twenty twenty one. Yeah, three years later on the world stage. I yeah. mean. Was it, if you can just like walk us through like, okay, you, you arrived in Edmonton and yeah, if you don't mind just kind of walking us through like how, how did, how the whole thing go from, from start to like when you actually started playing? So we got, we got in, I got in early. I got in on Friday just cause, um, you, when I booked my ticket, we were a little unsure when all the first first events and practices and games were going to start. So I, I wanted to hedge, hedge a little and make sure I gave myself, you know, a data to adjust to, you know, any, any kind of differences in climate. I don't, I think there was just an hour time change, but even like, you know, jet lag from traveling kind of thing. Um, And then also give, I like, trying to have a little touristy time and being able to go see something around that area. So that gave me the weekend also. Uh, I think we practiced on, oh man, everything's going to bleed together. Uh, I think we practiced on like the Monday and then the opening 
party was like Monday night. And then did we just play Wednesday, Thursday round Robin or the, the, the pool play? Did somebody else you interviewed tell you that? <laughs> I've actually gotten to the weeds with like the pre yeah before so playing, but I, I made a, I made a Google calendar. I <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to pull up the, like, uh, the scores. and I was like, I can't look at the schedule with 20 games. I need to look at something that has just our stuff on it. Uh, yeah, we played, we practiced Tuesday, and then all of round robin was Wednesday, Thursday. All of the, the uh, pool play games, yeah. And then I think there was a mixed game Thursday night for bracket play or something. Gotcha. Something like that. So, yeah, so we, we I guess, had a lot more time than I thought. We we practiced uh, Tuesday morning. We did a little walkthrough for uh, Mixed. Um, and, and then uh, started playing uh, Wednesday and Thursday morning. And since, uh, you know, half of the women's team was also doing Mixed, we were at the gym for you know, pretty much the whole day those days. So. It's a, it's a uh, long days. It's a long week. Yeah. The, the Wednesday, Thursday was a little bit like, uh, you know how, like the USA tournaments, you're like, okay, we're on this court next. And then we're doing this. And it, it felt a little bit like that where we were kind of running around a little bit, but then there was some lulls in the schedule. Were you... And then a uh, playoff on Friday, so. Were you caught up in the whole uh, blackout? Did that affect you as well? Oh, for the. Uh, well, it was during like the it was during the very first bronze match, so it just kind of pushed everything back a little bit. Um, but I think we had enough time to kind of adjust and and regroup and everything, so I don't I don't think it affected us too much. Gotcha. You weren't taking naps like uh, like Vince. Uh, no. <laughs> Smart. No. I mean, this reminds me of like in the army. Just anytime something stops happening, like okay, I'm gonna just rack out real quick and take advantage of this nap time. I need it. Oh, but... I'm I'm terrible at at napping. So I I'll try, but I I get too anxious, especially in in public or something. I got to be real tired. Gotcha. I can just crash whenever, wherever. Um, that would be nice. It's it's like a superpower, except for when it's you know when I'm at home at night and it's ten thirty p.m. Like, why am I not falling asleep? This is gonna make tomorrow miserable. But anyway, yeah. Um, so you did you also you did um mix as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So. And so the way the the pool play schedules worked is, uh, it was basically like mixed uh women's men's mixed women's men's and the the round robin games kind of rotated on that schedule and so we were usually playing a mixed match at like let's say 11 and then we were playing a women's foam match at noon uh so we were playing back to back dang that's gonna take a lot out of you (laughs) yeah i think um I mean, when when I 
when I said I wanted to do mix, I obviously, I don't, I don't want to, I don't regret that decision. So I hope what I'm saying doesn't come across as that at all. Cause I was very happy. Um, but in, in hindsight, it probably did split, uh, some of the focus, uh, between the two and, um, and obviously playing back to back matches at worlds is tough physically so as much as you can say no it's fine um i mean whether it actually is or not is might be different so well i think also in that type of environment that caliber of an event like you you want to like recover mentally from that match, whether it went well or not, you want to talk about what happened, stay with your team, right? stay that, right. that focus. That totally makes sense. Um, it's not play as much dodgeball as humanly possible because it's, you know, a rec league or a tournament. And you just want to get all the court time you can. It's more of a, now we got to focus on this for, for obvious reasons. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember what your toughest match was? Um, and it could be day one, day two, Ooh. um, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Canada. Um, I mean, I mean, uh, Hong Kong was Hong Kong was really challenging that that first day. Um, uh, and then we went from that match uh, into Canada later, and so that was kind of a that was a a tough day for us, um, because we were we lost to Hong Kong and then we, and then we also lost to Canada. So, um, mentally that was tough to, to take that after the first day. Yeah, definitely a good start. Um, and then mixed. Looks like you guys took Hong Kong nine to four. Australia got you guys by one and then RIP Norway six, 16, zero. So, was was yeah i think i think we had a a little bit more uh success there um you know playing australia close i think that ultimately probably gave us an advantage in the bronze medal match rematching against them because you know i was telling some people it's it's hard to it's hard to beat a team two times because if you you win that first time you know, you're, you're going to make adjustments, but if you lose that first time, you're going to inevitably make more adjustments and it's a little bit more, you know, there's some humility there and, and lessons to be learned. And, you know, you have a, the chip on your shoulder and that's an advantage. Oh yeah. No, you definitely have, um, you're hungrier. Like you said, like, okay, we want to, we know what we did wrong. Let's correct everything versus yeah, we're at the top. Not necessarily going to yeah. post, but you don't really know what to fix if you need to fix anything because it obviously worked. So, right. Uh, going into day two. So you guys, yeah, took out Great Britain twelve two, and then uh, tied Australia. They allowed ties. They didn't do like a sudden death or tiebreaker game. No, they they changed the pool scoring um, for seeding. Uh, into playoffs where you got two points for a win and one point for a tie. Gotcha. Uh, and they didn't do tiebreakers. That probably had to do with, I imagine, some gym time because, you know, they're trying to schedule 
six divisions into the gym over two days for pool play. Yeah, no, that's, you, you can't have those marathon games going on forever if you if you have yeah. car times. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it got behind enough as it was. I think at one point we were almost an hour behind. So, um, which was interesting because I think, I think one of the tiebreakers was still game wins. And so I think they were trying to avoid like a running up the score situation. But game wins or point and differential was still a part of the seeding. I think. And so, you know, how many games you won by is still important. Gotcha. And I mean, looking into to mixed, so not to pick on these teams at all, but you guys definitely, something was working at that point for day two, 12-0 New Zealand, 10-0 Ireland, and then 11-3 Great Britain. So I guess at that point, is it fair to say you guys kind of found your rhythm on day two? Yeah, I think I think we I think we played well um for mixed, so that was nice and we uh figured out rotations and everything and so we knew, you know, who was switching in and out at what points and that kind of thing. So we had kind of um gotten more comfortable with uh who was playing where and, and all that kind of stuff. So Gotcha. Um, were there any any countries that that stood out like oh I wasn't expecting them to come this this hard or any any I don't want to say like improvements I'm I'm not trying to dump on anybody. Yeah, um, I think uh, Hong Kong uh, played us really well on Wednesday for women's, um, and then obviously Canada played us really really well. <laughs> um, and uh so those were probably the two teams um on that first day for women's that i would say uh i was really impressed with um i mean obviously most of the teams are are impressive all over uh but those those really stood out to me uh we we probably played our best match against australia and i was really proud of us for that because i think really highly of that team uh also so when we you know especially after a disappointing first day that we uh played such a good match against them on thursday it was you know it was a good rebound for us and this was uh was this for mixed or for foam or for oh women's? that was for women's for women's um thursday that was the game uh crystal brionis won like two one-on-ones for us and was just super clutch she won one on like a backwards sliding, uh, backwards somersault catch. And then uh, the very next game, they were back-to-back one-on-one wins and and uh, she took them out. So, and we just like immediately tackled her because she was just playing so well. Nice. Yeah. I love Crystal. I, love I, remember, I remember just sweating bullets watching you guys against Australia um in 2019 and that whole freaking page showdown was was nuts and then oh yeah i uh totally just based on memory from what i remember what i look what it looked like on my end it just seemed like that seemed to be the more the more contentious closer match like the championships was kind of like just a done deal after like the first half i think 
Is that, do you remember it like that way or? Uh, I think, yeah, I think against Malaysia, um, it was, it was kind of close in the first half, but we, I think we won the last couple games in 2019 of the first half, if I remember correctly, or like the first couple of the second half. And we just kind of really built on the momentum of that. And, and yeah, I think overall it ended up not being all that close at the end. Yeah. So, so I... we kind of, yeah, the, uh, the Australia game though is, I think that was the, in 2019, at least that was, you know, obvi- Paige made an amazing play, but that was like, I feel like there's always one, one match in these where you kind of go through a, a moment of terror or, you know, the like, <laughs> is this it? And, and luckily, you know, she saved us and, and it was like, maybe we all collectively relaxed a little bit. That was uh, yeah, still one of my favorite moments of, of all time, just watching that unfold live and oh, yeah. upset my neighbors, but uh, oh well. <clears throat> but that's good that, because I was wondering like how Australia was going to look. Um, you know, I'm sure they remember that pretty well and wanted some payback, but uh, I think it's kind of cool that you guys took, at least in, in mix as well, um, bronze from them. <clears throat> so we'll see how they how they recover uh, two years from now. But um, just looking at like the event itself, um, was there anything that, that impressed you the most? Like could be anything from venue to just ceremonies to parties to just like the whole thing. What was, uh, what stood out the most for you e- event wise? I mean, uh, the venue was really nice. Um, you know, it was a, a gymnasium hardwood floor which i think is the best Mm -hmm. uh dodgeball surface to play on um the the court setup was really good um you know being able to go to the the larger the larger arena court with the stadium seating for all of the metal matches uh that was really nice and uh it was it was really exciting um because i know cloth is uh, being taken more seriously here. Um, but it's still kind of, you know, second to foam or even third to 8.5. Although I think that's changing. Um, it was, it was really cool to watch a lot of the cloth countries who play cloth on a regular basis. Like we play foam and the other ball types to watch, to watch them, them play especially the the metal matches because there were some really exciting moments and because of the the game time and the the scoring system for cloth um you know the the intensity of the match is kind of just throughout because you know a three minute game and then another game you know that there's going to be a lot of scoring and a lot of action just all the time do you uh i know you talk about getting older and and whatnot, but do you see yourself ever going into cloth? Um, I mean, if, if I, if I decide, I mean, just like this year, I will, I'll play whatever ball type I get selected for. Um, I don't, you know, if, if you decide to try out, I think, you know, part of that is, you know, saying, okay, well, what's, you know, what's best for the team and, and that kind of thing. So, I've, if I was trying out and they said, you know, I think you should be on the cloth team, I would be like, sure. 
Nice. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to go back to getting hit in the face by, by balls where it's going to hurt a lot again. I'm like, you know, cause I always said I'm done with 8.5, but, but then if I turn around and say, yeah, but cloth, sure. I haven't, I'm sure my time will come, but I've not been hit with cloth yet. I, I don't think anything's going to replicate what 8.5 feels like. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the face shot isn't great, but like nothing's going to replace getting rocked by a 8.5 throw from the Chris Bells the, and the Ketchums and the, the Pines out there. And rubber grip just wrapping around your entire head. Oh, it's great. And then it just feels like it's still <laughs> on your face like 30 minutes later. Yep. Yeah. Uh, some things I don't miss, but um, do you have any uh, any highlights, just like favorite moments from either playing on the court or just the the week in general? Oh, well, I mean, probably the playing highlight was being on the mixed team and, and being able to win the bronze, especially after, you know, like I said, losing to Australia in um, pool play. Uh, to be able to come back and and beat that team in a in a medal round is definitely a highlight, and that was that was really exciting. And then uh, I I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Tony helped uh, shag during that game. He brought his his ballistic knee pads all the way to Canada, and uh, really? was willing to willing to do that for the team. Oh yeah, he oh, was man. he was decked <laughs> out, bandana, everything. I just um, became uh, and, my favorite person and, right now. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that, that kind of stuff's really important because, you know, shagging, shagging's just as important as playing at times. Um, and, and so that was really exciting. I was, I was glad that he could, he could be there with me for that. So. Props to Tony. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to his interview with Sergio. Um, I think it's like my last day in Kuwait. I'm way back. I'm like, man, Tony's a really good dude. Just fun to listen to. So, shout out he to Tony. He's a really good dude. <clears throat> yeah, he must be if you married him. So, I guess you saw something there, right? Well, he also just he just texted me, and I told him I'm on the podcast, and he said another podcast without me. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a Sanchez podcast. About you right now. Yep. Yeah, maybe, maybe we can do that later this year or next season. Just a Sanchez podcast. I'm I'm sure everybody wants to hear about us. There is some people asking for OG podcasts, so I could just rope it into that. So you never know. Sounds. Um, I guess we can kind of slowly just wrap this up. I mean, um, before I do that, though, do you have any any shout outs that you want to throw out there? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll mention uh, well, I'll mention Tony again and make everybody groan. <laughs> Uh, but he, I mean, he flew all the way to Canada just for the, the weekend to be there for the medal rounds, um, to support me and the team, um, which was awesome. And then, uh, uh, shout out to all my teammates and all the other USA dodgeball players and organization. Um, but man, I really love a lot of the people that I was there with, so I, I can't really name just one gotcha and then also we were talking about flying you got to see the the northern lights so i'm sure that was pretty cool oh yeah that was uh 
outside of the dodgeball, that was probably the the coolest experience because it was it's something I've always said I wanted to do, but I you know I'm I'm not going out of my way to go see it, and so for the opportunity to come up, and then I got to see it uh, two different times, and each experience was totally unique. Uh, that was that was really really awesome. Once once in a lifetime. Nice, yeah. I'm jealous. Well, twice in a lifetime. Yeah, back to back, and and not even with the intent to go like. As I was saying, I went yeah. to went to Iceland because I just got so fed up with sand one day in Kuwait. I'm like, I'm going to Iceland. This is done. And I signed up yeah. for the Northern Lights Circle Tour, and uh, not one damn Northern Light at all. So I was like, well, that sucks. <laughs> Still great, well, the, great trip. But, yeah. yeah, the second time we had to we had to wait out the the cloud cover, and we almost lost our patience. But then it, it slowly dissipated, and and we we were able to finally see him. That's cool. Is yeah. that the is that the one picture with um I think you guys are just like in this like a parking lot or something or Well, we went we went to the same place both times. Oh, gotcha. Um so they were they were both in that that parking lot, the uh Elk, Elk Island something or other. Uh but yeah, one one time they were kind of along the horizon and it was really uh it was kind of that like classic northern lights like line across the sky that i've seen in lots of pictures but then the the second time it was right across the center of the sky and we laid down in the parking lot and looked up and they were just swirling and and dancing everywhere it was really cool yeah, the, the pictures came out insanely <laughs> good like yeah we uh the the first time every Everybody was trying to figure out their their phone settings to take the best pictures and and uh, you know get the most exposure and and the best focus and everything. It was funny. Nice. And looking at a <clears throat> creeping on your Facebook right now. I'm looking at a picture of you, Tony. Um, I think I see Sam. Yeah, that was the the second time, and uh, Kenny Kenny was with us, and Taylor. Oh, gotcha. Because uh, I don't, I don't think Taylor, Taylor and Sam had like uh, gotten in a little later, or they were tired from traveling, so they didn't, they couldn't go the first time. So they, I, I said I'd make sure to take them the next time. So we, we went. That's so cool. See, it's like yeah. I really like um, <clears throat> moments like that. Like, yeah, you play dodgeball, play with your teammates, but you just have these random impromptu events or things that take place that you're just going to remember for the rest of your life and it had not been for dodgeball you know that you just wouldn't have those specific things so that's that's really cool when that happens and people share that it's really great to see um but cool well, i think that's all i have i mean like i said i could talk to you for days on end i mean it's, I, I did refrain from you know delving into the good old az og talk we can definitely do that at some <laughs> point again but um I think that's what I'll do. So I think I'll just kind of leave it there. So thanks for your time, Katie. And uh, I mean, I'll see you Tuesday, but uh, we'll go ahead and end the interview here. All right. So that was my interview with Katie Sanchez and Katie. Thank you so much for being willing to hop on and share your experience with me uh, for this past uh, World Dodgeball Championships. And also congratulations on scoring bronze for the uh, women's mixed. Um, 
I know that obviously some time has passed, so it's definitely really hard to go into the weeds on certain uh, matchups or events that took place. But um, I do appreciate hearing, you know, essentially your narrative from when you got uh, called up or selected and then, you know, transitioning from, you know, someone that hasn't really competed on the world stage in, in three years to actually going back out to Evington. Um, I really do like that piece of these uh, recaps, especially since so much time has passed. But if there's any element that anybody listening would like for us to cover, please let me know. And then uh, we'll see what we can do. But uh, I will be focusing a little bit more on the recaps and precaps for, for Premiere as we're getting closer to that to that event. But um, yeah, so we'll just leave it at that. Anyway, if you're still with me, have a great uh, rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Wonder. Let's see. So you guys had a, an opening party? Yeah, we just played. No, everything's hidden. This is this is riveting content for your listeners. Oh, I'm just gonna speed to. I'm gonna <laughs> add some of this part out, so don't worry about it. We played. <laughs> You're just gonna cut my whole interview. This is it's like this is actually 50 minutes, but 40 of it was was Katie coughing, so. <laughs> I talked to Katie for ten. I talked to Katie Sanchez for ten minutes. Yep. Well, only ten that you're gonna broadcast. <laughs>